Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have a show today, which, you know, you and I both said, wow, this, this is a hard show and a sadness. And partly, I think, because my son, Scott, and your brother were around the same age as this young man, uh, Carson, who died. And uh, mm-hmm. so we know what pain this family has gone through and is going through. And, and they've gone on to do some fabulous things. And they're founders of an organization called Aware, Awake, and Alive and, and doing some really fabulous good in the world. So you want to introduce the family to us, Heidi, and uh, husband and wife? Sure, I'd love to. We're talking today with Scott and Julia Starkey. On December 2nd, 2008, following a paternity hazing ritual, Julia and Scott Starkey's son, Carson, died of acute alcohol poisoning. Following his death, the Starkey family formed Aware, Awake, Alive, a nonprofit that prevents loss of life to alcohol poisoning by educating teens, young adults, and parents on its symptoms and empowering them with the necessary tools and resources. Welcome to the show, Scott and Julia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, it's very impressive what you're doing. Very sad story. And and one that comes in the news every so often about what happens with kids getting together and, and fraternity rituals and and that kind of thing. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what happened with Carson? One of you, I don't know, either of you can take it. We were we are a long-time Austin, Texas family, and Carson grew up, of course, in Austin. And he really wanted to go away to college. He had wanted to make a new uh, set of friends and break away from his high school groups. And he was interested in architectural and Cal Poly has a stellar reputation for that, and so he chose to uh, to attend Cal Poly, and he had um, had no intentions of joining a fraternity because that's kind of what all his high school buddies were doing, and it, it wasn't very interesting to him. And not too long after being out in California, he, he decided he was in kind of need of a friend base and decided to go through Rust in hopes of making some friends, and he called us several times and talked it with us and we supported his decision and he would call periodically during different um, visits to different fraternities and talk about them and counsel us on, on which one he should choose and all that and so he joined um, Sigma Alpha Esquadra um, at Cal Poly and after his Thanksgiving break uh, visiting Austin um, our traditional Thanksgiving we put him on a plane and he flew back to school and we heard that he got back to his dorm space, and basically the next thing we heard was uh, we received at home a, a missed call on our caller ID on the San Luis Obispo County Coroner's Office. And so, of course, we immediately called back and, and got got one on the phone, and uh, we were told that Carson had been going through part of this initiation process with this fraternity, and part of that process was he was compelled to drink a um, very large amount of alcohol in a very short period of time. And he uh-huh. um, was put put to bed, um, you know, I uh, think everyone thought he'd, you know, wake up the next morning. He didn't. Oh, my gosh. That is so disturbing. So disturbing. And what a way to hear about it on the telephone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about that. And, I mean, it's, the, it's kind of weird getting the caller ID missed call and then calling back and having to track down the corner and all that. But in you know, in hindsight it's there's really no way good way to get that message and so that's really not that big a deal to us how we heard. I mean, it's 
you know. It's true, Scott. And, you know, I was in a sorority years and years ago, and I was also far away from home, 3,000 miles away from home. I grew up in New York. I was at the University of Utah, and I did the same thing. I joined the sorority for, to meet people. And it was a positive experience, and I can totally see why you supported this. And I think it just brings home the fact that these young college students need to be educated about the dangers of alcohol consumption. And I'm so glad that you guys are building awareness for this issue because it's happening as we speak all over the country in various places. Yes, uh, we've learned through through help from... Um, different surveys and different research that every 44 hours a college student in the United States will die of alcohol poisoning. And if you think about that, that's, that's, that's pretty incredible and it's, it's a very scary fact. And that motivates us every day because to try to prevent another family from going through the tragedy and loss that we have. Now talk about your organization. What is it you're doing and where do you go? And I was reading that Cal Poly is supporting this, right? I mean, they're uh, supporting your efforts? Absolutely. To to kind of backstory it, we, we went through uh, a lengthy civil and criminal legal process um, regarding Parsons' death. And uh, we were we were fortunate that we were able to attend. We, we were still living in, we lived in San Luis now, but we were still living in Austin at the time. We were fortunate we were able to attend every deposition. And um, we learned a lot. Um, we spent the time, you know, educating ourselves on this issue. And, and really what happened with Carson was fairly simple. Um, his, his peers didn't recognize the, the severity of his problem. They didn't recognize the signs of alcohol poisoning. And like so many young people, they just thought he'd sleep it off, you know, passed out, sleep it off. And then secondly, they were all afraid to, to take him to the hospital or call for help because they were afraid of getting in trouble with their fraternity or getting in trouble with the school. Um, a lot of them were also minors, um, you know, drinking. And so we built um, our organization uh, based around those two simple facts. And we, you know, called, coined the name of Werewick Elias. Those are such important um, of signs to look for. And so we educate, you know, through colleges, and now we're even doing high school programs to help these students recognize these signs and then have the confidence to, to take the steps to seek help and realize that they're not going to get in trouble. We, there's a lot of legislation being passed around the country that gives uh, amnesty to young people under the age of 21 who help uh, someone in trouble by making the call. And you mentioned Cal Poly. It all started here at Cal Poly. We've actually moved here to San Luis Obispo, where Cal Poly is, and we still conduct a lot of business in Texas. We have staff there, and we're kind of running the, the West Coast part of the business. And we're just delighted to be able to share our story and our message um, with the goal of, of saving lives. Uh, it's very important to us. That's fantastic. Julia, can you give us like three of the signs of alcohol poisoning? Well, obviously the first one in, in Carson's case was he was unresponsive. Um, after 20 minutes of drinking, he was completely unresponsive. Um, passed out is not always a good thing. Um, people think, a lot of the kids will think, oh, he's passed out, he'll wake up. That's definitely not a good thing. Mm-hmm. In Carson's case, he was so far gone, he didn't even throw up. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, if you're throwing up, you're okay. 
um, or if you're not throwing up, you're okay. So, you know, I think throwing up and not being able to stop that is, is definitely a sign. And we have a we have an acronym that we came up with uh, that's on our website. It's called Must Help. And each one of those letters stand for one of the signs. So we, we have printed cards and we have wristbands and we have all different kinds of uh, posters and things to help the students recognize the signs and know that not all the signs have to be there to, to have alcohol poisoning, as in Carson's case, not all the signs were there, but there there were plenty for him. One, I wanted to back up to one of the things Scott was saying, that we worked with Cal Poly, and we started, they actually helped pilot our program on their campus and helped us to develop what we call our tools and um, our toolbox. And we took those tools and developed a website and were able to give our our programming to it's a free downloadable information. And the way that we love to see it presented is we it's peer to peer. And so the students are, are working with the students. Um, it's impossible for Scott and I to, you know, travel the nation and speak to students one on one and so we we try to send our message out through through our website. Our website is our is our largest tool. And so any high school parents, colleges, we have many community groups, police departments, nurses, um, all kinds of different organizations that, you know, come to us, download our tools and then go back to their organization. Are the interfraternity councils interested in this? Yes. We um, we've actually had some really good discussions with some national fraternities and sororities, and um, we're working toward that. We we feel like that's that's a big goal for us is to be able to work work with them because that is one of our number one issues. I, I love the peer to peer part of it because I feel like you know college kids and teenagers are going to listen to their peers versus an adult kind of talking at them and they'll feel like giving lecture, but it, coming from their peers, it's going to be very powerful. And I'm thinking how powerful it would be just to, and you probably do this, go into fraternities and sororities and even. Just by educating them once could save lives in that in that house. Yeah, and and we've seen in a lot of um, different housing and and um, on campuses they'll they'll put the posters up, you know, all throughout the dorms and the restrooms and the meetings, you know, the community rooms. And one of the things I think that has really helped us is that our message is non-judgmental. Um, we realize mm-hmm. that kids are going to, they're going to drink, they're going to experiment. Many of the kids that die of alcohol poisoning are inexperienced drinkers. Um, their friends are inexperienced yeah. drinkers and they don't, they don't know that this is, this is bad and it's, it's deadly. And so we know that that's the case. We're not, we're not preaching abstinence. Of course, we're not preaching to drink, um, under the age of 21 either, but we're realistic that it happens. And so we want to mm-hmm. make sure that the kids have the tools to understand What's, what's bad and when they need to get help. Now, I wanted to ask you, because uh, if I'm listening to the show, I'm maybe newly bereaved. How long did it take you? You went through a court. I may be going through a court situation. How was that going through it? And did anything, anybody get um, prosecuted for anything? And how did that go? And did you feel better after the decision? You know, from the very get-go, we weren't really mad at them or felt like, we were angry at them. We were we were mad and upset at the situation that this situation exists and it, that, that this happened. But to directly answer your question, yes, there were four students prosecuted under uh, a hazing charge here in California, and on the civil side, the fraternity was was held liable, and, and they had a settlement. We made, we agreed to a settlement with them. A lot of which involved monumental 
meaningful change on their part. They have really come around and, and are trying to address the situation since this happened. What happened to the four boys? Uh, they did some um, community service, community service in-house arrest time um, here in St. Louis. But I think the bigger picture is there's there's actually a video on one of our on our website of the pledge educator and you look at you know so they had community service time and they also had some jail time which turned out to be in in house jail time but you know he had difficulty getting a job he had difficulty finishing college he had quite a financial burden hiring the 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 lawyers it was it was a life changing event for him. And um, mm-hmm. I remember seeing the inter- and he he did the interview with us. It was it was he drove hours to get to us to do this interview, and um, it was it was life changing for me to hear his side of the story. Um, not that like Scott said, not that we were angry or upset with him in a personal way, but to understand how this affected him as well. And um, there's always that's, and that's and, and that he and that he wasn't and that he was impacted. I think that would oh, be was healing really for me impacted. to know that he was impacted and that he did care and that he had some sadness and, and empathy around this, you know. Yeah. Regret me. Right. He showed remorse. This one this one individual did show remorse. The other ones didn't when you're saying just one? I would say there was only one that did not show remorse. But but this one in particular we're talking about that did a, a really incredible interview with us. He was it was very heartfelt. You know, one of the problems I know is that the legal system sometimes tells uh, people who are involved in death situations that their lawyers will tell them never speak to the family. And it is, it's very difficult right. because some of the, uh, I had a friend whose husband was hit by a kid and killed. And the kid came to her house, the wife's house one day and said, my lawyers have told me I can never speak to you, but I cannot not tell you how sorry I am. You well, know. There you go. That's a good uh, kid. Yeah. You know, I kind of want to throw in that um, all the things we've learned about alcohol poisoning since Carson's passing, yes, the fraternity, the Greek system is a major component of that, but it's, it's not confined to that in any. I mean, we're, we're very uh, active with working with sports teams. High schools. High schools. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not just a fraternity thing. Right. Good yeah. to know. Okay, now, now one of the other things that I want to say is I, if I'm listening to this show and it, it is hitting me in the heart because I had a family member die of alcohol poisoning, can I do something to work with your organization? Do I need to start my own or could I get connected with your organization? Most definitely you can work with us. And, and that's something we've, we definitely re- reach out to all the families um, to be supportive to them just in their grief but also to be supportive to them if they need help. There's been multiple families who use our acronym, you know, use the must help, who use our videos and presentations to their local high schools or colleges. And we encourage the families to, um, to work with us. And, um, and we, we're just there to, be, to support them in any way they can. I'm, I'll be actually talking to a sister of a young man that died recently this afternoon. Um, I talk to a lot of the moms. I talk to a lot of the families, and that's just that's just a way that I can help personally. But then as far as our organization, we're definitely there to support and help in any way we can. Our online resources is great. are very easy to access, and uh, these people you're speaking of, it would be very easy for them to go online and create their own personal toolbox and download whatever materials 
they want to use on in their community and start a little movement in their community. It's, I love that. Whole, I could see that all over the United States. Planet. I'm sure there there will be people listening to this that it, it will touch their heart. And even if they died of a drug overdose or whatever, they could join this organization and go around and talk about the signs. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And people would find you if they went to www.awareawakenalive. Is that what, what I would look for? Aware, aware, awake, alive, alive. I'm on the Got site right now. It's fabulous. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. And thanks uh, for everything you're doing to raise awareness in Carson's name. And uh, I have to say one thing about you both. I think one of the keys to me is your forgiveness, because I think without forgiveness uh, in these kinds of situations, it's very hard to move forward. And you've certainly done that. And I want to congratulate you both. Thank you, and thank, thank you, you and for thank this you opportunity. For what you do. And this show is, is wonderful. Thank you. Well, Heidi, quite a story and, and really touching to the heart. And as I said, I think forgiveness is so key here, don't you? Absolutely. It's it's just amazing the way that Scott and Julia talk about all this and, and the kids involved, et cetera. And their website is phenomenal. Again, it's awareawakealive.org. I'm on it right now, and I'm just thinking about all the lives that they are saving right now. Carson is doing as much in his death as he did in his life to change the world through the work his parents are doing. Thanks for listening to our show today. And Heidi and I want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own. And God bless.